It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, what's what's going on in the world? That's the question. Hi, hi, friends. Welcome in. It's uh, it's jobbing out. You you know that show, episode number seven hundred sixty six thousand of jobbing out. I know what that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anybody know what that one is? Anybody know what that one is? I do. It's the number of people that were tuned in. Oh! Oh no! All right, what's you there? Oh! <laughs> oh! All right, all right, all right. What's your guess? <laughs> oh. I, is that a serious guess? I know what the answer is. Oh yeah, of course. We all know what the answer is, don't we? It means seven hundred sixty-six thousand people tuned in to the debut of wwe's most wanted treasures sunday night on aew a and e aew that's a different thing that's a different thing at the end of the season Uh, season one cliffhanger on a and e aj's actually collecting this not to give it to the wwe warehouse (laughs) what a dusty finish that would be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and yeah, big time. Oh. Oh. oh no. Oh no. He's out on the road today. He's going to do his taxes. He's He's got to go see a guy about True. a thing. He's on his way to I do guess, his taxes. So, it's big money problems, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Now that you're a, a big TV star, you got to go take care of that, man. All right, so let's talk about it for a couple minutes before AJ's got to do his taxes. Um, you know, I, I know you you were part of it, and you had seen it before, but how happy were you with how everything played out over the course of the last week? Well, I like the fact that I look like a wrestling genius, which I've always been. Um, I like the fact that uh, if the show starts off with Triple H calling me a historian because he himself is a historian, so... That's like a rub of all rubs. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like the fact that they showed that you were able to see the genuine, like, childlike connection that me and Mick have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, me, I, I, I had a good time with all the legends, but me and Mick, like, I don't know, we just, we have the same sense of humor. We got, we're like the same person, kind of, you know, except I played in the NFL, so I don't have to do all the crazy stuff that he did to get to WWE, <laughs> even though I'm still going to do a lot of the crazy things that he did while he was in WWE, you know, so. You know, it, you, you, you suggested, like, you were like, nice to meet you. We know that you had known Mick Foley from before because you got him on this show once upon a time years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I know Mick on Twitter, I do him on Twitter, and I got him on the show. But like, actually, and I was, it's a completely different vibe. I hate that we had dinner one, uh, lunch one day at a vegan restaurant, 
at because our uh, associate producer was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's exactly what we should do. And none of that made the show. Yeah, I heard you. I was watching your guys' uh, Instagram Live the other day, and I heard you talking about the vegan chili or whatever. I'm like, Jesus, that just sounds vegan awful. chili, bro. God, that sounds I had terrible. cold vegan chili oh. just so that it wouldn't be an empty plate on camera. Oh. And then it didn't even make the show. Oh, that's terrible. Terrible, terrible. Um, okay, so we'll share our thoughts quickly. Uh, we'll go around the room. Uh, biggest takeaway, and we'll let AJ respond. Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, I mean, first of all, it was obviously great. A perfect mix of just like pure nostalgia with an actual plot. But the biggest thing to me is that, you know, based on the first episode, this is also an infomercial for the opening of the WWE Warehouse, which is something I've been waiting for for years. So I, I'm thrilled about that. <laughs> now... I would love for the WWE warehouse to be open to the public. I genuinely don't think that's what's going to happen. Like, then Triple H needs to stop saying on the show, this no, is I, about bringing it to the people. I have a prediction. No, but I think that they have a plan to do something to bring these artifacts to the people. Sure. I just I, don't think it'll be at the WWE warehouse. Okay, that, that's fair. Take the stuff from the warehouse and build it out into the Hall of Fame or, or whatever else you're actually going to do with it. Yeah. So my brother is a crazy theme park person, and apparently there's some rumor that Universal Studios is getting some kind of WWE well, that be, something. Th that would be quite cool if that were to be you, the case. Would there be a more perfect place for, no. for the WWE Hall of Fame than Universal Studios? Nope. It, it would be quite dope. It that would, would be, be the absolute dope. perfect place. Yeah. And Put it in the old TNA Impact Arena. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, the, the Peacock deal with Universal, I mean, it all makes sense to me. Yeah, but. if you go to Universal Studios today... On your way in, you'll see a, an ad for NXT that has Rhea Ripley on it and an ad for Raw that has Charlotte Flair on it. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Like, legitimately makes all the sense in the world. Brandon, your biggest takeaway from the show? I, I told you guys this in the group text uh, that obviously everyone that listens is not privy to, but my biggest takeaway from this show is that it wouldn't matter if we knew AJ at all I would have been like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, he's so perfect for, and I, I promise I'm not blowing smoke. This is like straight up what I believe. Like, I mean, I'm an you were such host. a perfect fit. <laughs> and they like, they like showed the real you that we know, which I really appreciated yeah. too. Um, think about this. So people that don't know me, that only know me from the show, imagine when they find out that I also have two albums, two nationwide tours, and I played five years in the NFL. Right, right. All they know about you right now is you're the big dude that's hanging out with McFoley and and, yeah. and you're training to be a WWE superstar. That's all they know at the moment. They're about to learn a lot more about you, uh, for sure. There's no doubt about that. So I have a couple questions, right? And I don't know what you can tell us and what you can't, right? Don't worry. What I can't tell you, I won't. Yeah, and, and I figured we could handle it that way. I'm fascinated by, like, I really started thinking about this, and I had people reaching out to me. This is the hilarious part. Don't reach out to me. I've, if I know something, I've already fucking told you, all right? I promise. <laughs> or if I can, anyway. Like, if there's something I can tell you, I've already told you. Um, how much did you guys know? Can, can, you, can, you, can you talk about that at all, or does that have to stay secret? Like, when, like, when you... Uh, like, I, like, every negotiation we went into, for the most part, like... I didn't find out what my budget for the item was until about five minutes before the negotiation. Okay. Like it was, that's like awesome. it was, it's like real, like to the point that like we would shoot all the scenes leading up to the, the negotiation. And then the, 
the producers would be like, all right, um, let me make a call real quick. Everybody take a break. And he would go and find out what they wanted, what the budget was, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd come back and tell me. And then the negotiation was real. Like, it worked out in the first episode. It just worked out every time. But you'll see, like, it doesn't always work out like that. See, that's fascinating like, to me. Like, you you guys sometimes went- Sometimes the people are like, no, sorry, that's not good enough deal. And sometimes we're like, mm, like uh, you guys, uh, you got really overvalued for what you think you have so we're just gonna leave wow so th- that's fascinating you because i in my, my mind i'm like they're not gonna take a trip out to fucking detroit with mick foley thinking there's any chance that this dude might say no there's just no way i'm telling you now that. i can't tell you when it happens or why it happens but there are de- there's definitely a time where we take a place a trip somewhere way worse than detroit and leave in <laughs> wow wow that's wild man like that is really wild so that's coming that's really coming and, and again whether you can or can't answer but did, so did the people just think you were coming and you surprised them with the wrestler or did they know all that was happening it was a mixed bag like Got tim it. jameson did not know that mick foley was coming that's cool that's they, sick david chudy did you know what I'm saying? So Got like, it. So, like, it's always different. If they can keep it from the uh, person, they will. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes what the person wants is like, oh, I want to meet them. And they're like, well, they're coming. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Right? Okay, well, now <laughs> I want this. You know what I'm saying? So and, that's the, and, that, and that was the other guy that went over the most in the first episode was the, the, the GWC guy who was just like, yeah, yeah I just want to hang out with McFoley. Like, now you look By at the way, one thing I loved most about the first episode is that like, you see the full gamut. You go from a guy who literally wants zero things. He just wants McFoley to hang out with his kids. Yeah. And then you have another guy who's like, um, I want way more than what I'm giving. Right. Yeah, not not, not just uh, not just hanging out with him, touring it, not just the barbed wire, but I want cash on top of it. I mean, yo, yeah. damn, dude, <laughs> like, damn, that is an awful lot to ask for in the process. Um, the other thing too, and and we'll talk about it more. Uh, and I'm not trying to. I, I want to make this very clear. When I'm saying this, I'm not saying that everybody watched your show because it came on after the biography thing. But how fucking great was it that it worked oh, out that perfect. way? That Perfect. like, and I'm I'm a guy who said I don't have more time to watch professional wrestling in my life. I made an appointment watching. Like I, not just for your show. I sat down at fucking eight o'clock to watch all of it straight through, and it was and all the funny phenomenal. Thing was like the it's cool because like from the production side of it, like when we were shooting our show, like the executive producer and guys I talked to, they were like, yeah, and he's also doing this biography thing. With a, I was like, why don't we do an episode on Roddy Piper? They're like, oh, because they're doing one on the biography thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to have one for him on there. So I was like, oh, okay. But at the time, it was like the biographies and ours were supposed to be like separate entities that A&E and WWE were doing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then somewhere along the ways, they were like, why don't we just run them back to back? And then at first, I was like, oh, I don't love the idea of having my show debut at 10 p.m. on a Sunday. Right. But then I re- but then I really thought about it, and I was like, I mean, the audience that's going to be watching an 8 o'clock Stone Cold documentary yeah. on a Sunday is the exact audience we need to keep. So, okay, yeah, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock sounds good. And then, lo and behold, uh, our show ended up being the best uh, debut for our demographic, 25 to 54, which is our demographic at A&E. The best debut for a show, 25 to 54, since 2016. Damn, dude. Damn, Damn, dude. That's such a big deal. That's such a big deal. 
And uh, I saw so way, many people, especially like, you know, the typical cynical people who watched uh, because of Stone Cold they, and then said, I wasn't sure about this treasure thing, but I watched it and it's great. So, yeah, I mean, it ended up working perfectly. Hey, was that Mick Foley guy from the audience that we've seen over the years? Was that him? The 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 museum guy? Um, I don't. Do you know who I mean? There was a guy that used to be at like every Raw, like um, like the, there's a fan they're doing a documentary on now. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I, I'm familiar but with that guy. But there's other guys that you would also see all the time, and one guy had long hair and wore sunglasses. No, and no, like no, no, no. That, that's Is a that, different. I, I'm pretty okay. sure that's a different guy. That's okay. Right. That's green shirt right. guy, right? right? Oh, I don't know about the shirt, but I just remember he always looked like had the hair and the exact facial hair and the, like he. He looked like Cactus Jack or something well, he, every time. That, well, the guy Steve went over big. He went over big yeah. on Sunday night. He looked like a million dollars. Yeah, he really did. I mean, that just you know, like and and like and, and the funny thing. The, my favorite little touch was when they put uh, that we got this Mr. Saku for gratis. Right, <laughs> right. That, and by the way, and I we said this. We talked about this in the chat. I I'm gonna I, let me tell you something truthful. When when we didn't see you for the first few minutes of the show, I was worried. Yeah, I was like I was like, man, maybe they're not really putting over AJ in this process. But dude, you got over big yeah. as as you got involved in the show. The one liners, the you know, I I don't got that kind of pool like that type <laughs> of stuff. That you went, Lou. You look like a million fucking dollars as the show went. I'm on. aware, and I'm glad because <laughs> you know. Vince had to watch it too, so. I want to, but I, I want to stress, like, to people that don't know AJ, like that was AJ. Oh, that no was doubt. not yeah. edited no very yeah. much at all. Like that was how AJ <laughs> well, is. Well, if, if they're out. listening to this podcast, I think they know AJ. <laughs> yeah, they, be- they better. They better at this point. There's no doubt about yeah, it. You know what I'm um, saying? Like that was a cool thing for me doing the show. It was kind of like, I was like, "What do you want me to do?" Like, I was like, "Do you want me to be the WWE protector?" Like always says superstar never says wrestling like do you want me to do that or do you want me to be me and they were like i mean your job is because you got this gig because you're a mega fan that knows history so be that and i that's was like so cool say less that's you so know? cool <laughs> man that's so cool um all right because i know you got to go do your taxes we also um you showed up somewhere else since the last time we talked to you and we need, yeah you did we need to discuss that too um what what can what we can say? You tell us? Yeah, what can we say other than we we saw you, know, you somewhere? And, you know what I'm saying? Like me and Swerve just make music together. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, there's a there's a mutual respect there. You know, uh, there's a mutual respect between Brianna too because Brianna also makes music. There's a big thing in uh, in the WWE now where like there's all these people that say they make music, but I'm the only one that's ever been on tour. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm the only one that's ever been on a Spotify playlist. I'm the only one that's ever if you say another if you if you say another negative word about Ron Killings, I will murder you. I will murder I you. I love Ron Killings and I like this song, but he was neither on tour before it or on a it just Spotify. Sounds hey, like a Elias lot of played clubs. How dare you? Uh, Elias, yeah, okay. Uh, so, have you heard Elias's last album? Is <laughs> well, hang on. I love the song. By the way, I love that song. But I also I love hey, songs. It's like he's making fun of the fact that he's doing that. Correct. That's a fact. That's what he's he had doing. a number one album on. Was it, what was it? The uh, uh, soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is there? You know, like we have a lot of artists that see what I'm doing. They see that I. 
you know, I did the official Super Bowl song for the Chiefs. They, I've done a lot of things in music that no one else for WWE's ever done, um, like outside of WWE. So, you know, there's a lot of artists that want to work with me, and vice, you know, I'm always down to work with anybody who has a good ear. So, you know, as of right now, there's nothing but. You know how the business goes. Right, man, that's a great point. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it there. Uh, this week, the Kane and Undertaker episode, 10 o'clock. Kane and Undertaker, 10 o'clock on A&E this Sunday. It is incredible. Um, me, and Kane, me and Undertaker go to Kane's mayoral office. So... I mean, it's a, what. By the way, imagine explaining that sentence to you. To you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, imagine I, I'm going to the government to see right. Kane. Let's let's go. Let's just go back to the start of when we did when we did the show and we flash forward. Like, hey, don't worry, AJ, you're gonna be doing a TV show with Mayor Kane and the Undertaker in a couple of years. And <laughs> the least likely thing in there wouldn't have been me doing a yeah, TV it would have been Mayor Kane, right? The fact that I was hanging out with Undertaker yeah. is the fact that Kane's a mayor. Mayor, yeah, that's a yep. fact. That's a fact. No <laughs> doubt about it. All right, bro. We um we can't say it enough. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, it really was. And we, you know, we we knew about it, and we had seen all of these pictures and all these things that you had sent us, and yet still, uh, I think it went even better than than we could have imagined. Bro, and here's the craziest part: if they wanted to do two more seasons with the stuff we've already shot, they could. Because they, I mean, we might have used 15, 20% of the stuff that we shot with Mick Foley. Wow, man. I, and by the way, I've enjoyed all that stuff popping up on social, like the kendo yeah, stick me too. stuff. That's been awesome. And, and you guys playing on the, the playground. and it's uh, a good bit. I want to see, this is my my directorial genius. When I was, when we were uh, doing the scene we're on the video phone call to Triple H at the warehouse, I wanted to do that scene on top of the slide. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, Nah, I think it'll be too distracting. You know, it'll, it'll be a tight shot, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, bro, it'll look great. And then lo and behold, social comes out and it's like, oh, we love the slide thing. I'm like, I knew you would. Yeah, right? Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. It would have been a million dollars. All right, brother. We, uh, we couldn't be happier for you. Um, we'll see you on uh, Sunday night, and we'll talk again here in a couple of weeks. Go ahead and, 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 and say every, uh, goodbye to everybody. Yeah, follow me on social media at AJ Francis 410. Follow the show at Treasures WWE. And uh, once again, this is your boy, the main event. There he is. AJ Francis. All right. See you, fellas. See you, bud. Um, buddy. All right, he's gone now. Jesus. Now we can say the real stuff. The show sucks. God, God, it's terrible. It's just awful. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like funny. We were, we were all on the same Oh, yeah, we, were, oh, yeah. we were, had to do that. I mean, you have to do that. So a couple of things, right? Like, I I really couldn't believe that I was doing that because I talk all the time. I can't watch more wrestling in my life. And I get this a different thing, right? Like, this is not me watching NXT UK or uh, Evolution Dark or whatever the fuck. I don't even remember what they're called. Um, This is a different thing because I would watch – there are – a documentary like that, I would watch about a lot of people, not just about a professional wrestler. Um, but I literally, I found myself on Sunday night not saying I need to make sure I'm watching at ten. I legit found myself saying I need to have my schedule clear to sit down and watch at eight o'clock. Yeah. At eight o'clock, I've got to be ready to sit down and watch this entire night of wrestling, and I'm gonna do the same thing next week. 
and I'm going I'm, to keep doing so it because I'm, I'm the program. I'm a little bit the reverse of you because they they run the biography again directly after AJ's show. So I actually watch from ten to okay, yeah, sure, one or right, whatever, right. whatever the order is. Right. The same same deal though. Yes. I, by the way, just I mean I know we don't want to talk about it too much because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Yeah. The Stone Cold do, uh, documentary. Excellent. I was a little bit surprised. Um, what? How do I want to put this? Like how they showed Vince in that was like a lot more unfiltered than I would have expected. Yeah, that that they that they had the way I guess the best way to say it was Vince McMahon was part of it, not Mr. McMahon. Yes. Right, but like also not nice Vince McMahon. Well, like not the filtered but nice version of Vince that they show on these things sometimes. It was like the real Vince, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're getting three we're getting like three different documentary or book series about Vince McMahon in the next year and a half. I think that that might be a deliberate thing. Like we know that Vince is coming out soon. Let's start dishing this out in doses. Cause uh, even at the end of the, um, the, the scene that he did with Mick and Stephanie, it yeah, was weird, I, I man. Didn't, I didn't. That 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 came off just like an old man who was like, oh, "I got to do this." That didn't come off as a you know. Yeah. That that just came off as like, ah, let me. I I'm telling you, I don't really want to do this without telling you that I don't really want to. Yeah, do my this. my my wife de- who doesn't you know really know about the '90s was definitely like, "Wait, why do they hate each other so much?" And I had to play like, "This this is a bit. This is a character. They don't right. actually hate each right. other." Exactly <laughs> right. So um yeah I mean I you know as as much as I love to shit on AJ um I I can't I can't I thought I thought everything came off unbelievably well I mean I I don't know that you could have asked for much more other than you know being introduced maybe earlier on in the show if you're AJ but like Jesus Christ it all looked really excellent really phenomenal and I'm happy for him I think we're all uh, blown away by how good it went in week one and 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 I do. You know, like those huge numbers that they popped, and they got great numbers. Um, I, I don't think that just, you know, you can only do Stone Cold one time, but I think the wrestling fans stick around. I don't think yeah. I don't think that's going anywhere. I get that maybe there's a little bit more of a pop culture feel the first time because it's Stone Cold, so there's probably a couple of people, but one, the show was really good. The wrestling fans all seem to be in it. I think that those numbers will continue to be quite good. Maybe, you know, not exactly, but I think they'll continue to be quite good moving forward. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you you can't, you almost never replicate that first uh, number, but I think there will be a much smaller drop off than other shows. The other thing I wanted to say, uh, there was a part of me that made me wonder about you know, what the reception as AJ as a wrestler would be after being on this show, you know, oh, is he only getting the spot because he's on this show? But the mm. way they portrayed him in the show, I think is really going to endear him to even the, the callous wrestling fans. I mean, I actually don't really, you know, we're, we're talking about him hanging out with Swerve. I don't, I don't know that he should be a heel. <laughs> I don't know that right. he should be. Well, we don't know that they are heels. And that's a good point too. Well, Swerve is. Like Swerve, Swerve is, is definitely but, a Swerve heel. Is. But he can join the other two and they can take him to the light yeah, side. Something like that. We, sure. could, we could find out. I mean, if you look at the names we got left on these documentaries, I think that most of them come close at least. I mean, no one comes close. To no one comes close. But you've got Macho it's Man, Randy cold. Savage. Yeah. You've got Piper next week. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, Ultimate Warrior. I, I mean, those yes, are the, all for, for, for yeah. wrestling fans. Booker T. Yeah, yeah, for wrestling fans, they're all massive, and they'll and they'll work. Like, there's no doubt that they'll work. They're a big deal for wrestling fans. But the only I think, one, I think Macho Man Randy Savage might come close to Stone Cold mm, and Mass Appeal. Mm, 
He could. Maybe. Like the, he, I bet you he, that rating. He'd be the only one that's close. Yeah, I, I bet you that rating comes close. Maybe even Ultimate Warrior, to be honest. Because uh, there's not, like a mystique not, no, around no, it. No, not from a pop culture. Not not in that world. He's and, just... and the people that I talk to that are just like, I know five things about wrestling, Ultimate Warrior is one of the things they know. Yeah, but that, there's a difference between knowing the name and wanting to see a two-hour documentary. And there's about. also a difference between the people that know five things about pro wrestling and know zero things about pro wrestling, but yet are still interested in Stone Cold Steve Austin because he goes beyond professional wrestling. So Okay, that's fair. All right. Um, so some things to cover this week. Where, where do you guys want to start? Um, I, I You know what's interesting to me is I... I think the biggest overall story of the week in the WWE world is where we are with the broadcast teams um, now a week later. I, I think the Adnan Verk in particular, look, I, I this is not me, guy that doesn't like Pat McAfee, because I've said this a million times. I don't not like Pat McAfee. I nothing Pat McAfee. I have, I have no feelings one way or the other about him other than it was abhorrent what they did with him on NXT. He was not good on Friday night, but it didn't come off as not good, could never be good. It came off more like not good, Did how much time did you really spend to make, work this through? And I think that's one of the biggest concerns I have about WWE when they make these changes is they just sort of announce them and throw people into roles that they are clearly not ready for, and then we judge them by those roles immediately, despite the fact they're obviously not ready for those roles yet. Pat Mac- and, and Adnan Verk wasn't ready either. Adnan Verk has been as bad as everybody says he's been. But but the part that nobody wants to do because they all like Pat McAfee is Pat McAfee was dreadful on Friday night. I mean, he, I didn't find him dreadful. He I had just nothing thought- to offer. He was just he had no clue what he was supposed to do. As an ant, he's certainly not there because he knows about wrestling. He's right. there because he's supposed to be a character, but they right. didn't really give him where is the character supposed to go. And that's part of the Pat McAfee problem. Pat McAfee's only interesting because he's loud. Like, right. he, because he, he makes it seem like everything's a big deal when things aren't big deals, because he stands up when he does his show, because he's, he's not funny. He's not you know, a, a great heel, he's just loud. And that's part of the problem with creating a character as a, a wrestling announcer is there's there was nothing there. He was just there and almost timid in being there on Friday. And it's not as glaring because he's not the first, the, the lead announcer like Adnan Verk is, but it was no good. And it was pretty clear that that's because they just sort of made a decision and said, show up on Friday and 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 let's go. In fact, he did his show from wherever his studio is early on Friday. So he flew in in the middle of the day and 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 went to do it. And it just it didn't work. And that's the big thing for for both of them, really, is that you can think you're ready all you want. But unless you're you've spent a few months practicing with Vince McMahon yelling in your ear, you're not ready. And that's what you should do for this. Like they literally should have gotten together multiple times a week and had Vince McMahon there yelling at them the entire time while they're broadcasting. Oh, by the way, it's yeah. not just Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Kevin, Bruce Pritchard. Right. It's like seven people right. screaming. Exactly. By the way, did you catch the moment that he got yelled at? Cause I did. There, there was a specific, very clear moment where Pat McAfee was told not to say something because he stopped dead in the middle of the thing. Oh, I, he was I about to talk about Shayna Baszler's MMA record or something, and he was like, well, when she used to, and then <laughs> it was 
wild how obvious it was that someone was like, don't talk about that. You know, like now, look, Adnan Verk probably has like I'm telling you, it's distracting when I do like an ESPN play by play broadcast. It's distracting to have two people in my ear. I mean, yeah. it's distracting to have that and, being like normal and just relaying right, information and just saying, normal. hey, need you to get this read in or need you yep. to, you know, like that's that's distracting to have two people in my ear on top of, you know, also. And it's different than when you're, you know, you have a producer in your when you're hosting a show. You're, you're trying to call a game. You're trying to describe what's going on and you don't know what's about to happen next, and you got a couple people in your ear giving you information. Um, this is obviously so much more than that. So even Adnan Verk's experience doing shows, or I don't know if, how much play... I don't know how much play by play. He did baseball. He did baseball play by play for ESPN. He's, he's yeah. done play by some play by play. I think yeah. he was on MLB Network. But, well, yeah, so, but you know he, that's I, like hundred people, right? Well, well yeah, but that, there's a difference between calling something and being a, a, studio, a studio guy. Yeah. And, and oh, he's I usually, thought he called games for them. He didn't. He, he has called some games here and there, but he's largely been a studio guy. And there well, is I, there's a significant difference between those things because you've got a script and you know what you're doing, and then it's just somebody saying, "Hey, let's pivot a little bit." Um, this is. And I guess somebody would say, hey, in, in, in WWE, you should have a script, too. You should know what's coming. Um, but obviously, it's constantly getting changed. I, I am not – I think there's an overreaction to it that somebody can't ever do this job. I, I don't know that at all. I think Adnan Verk's a talented broadcaster. I, I think there are people that are convinced that he doesn't know anything about wrestling, and I don't believe that to be the case whatsoever. Um, I believe it's a it's a different job that you have to get comfortable in, and the problem is they constantly make these switches before giving someone time to get comfortable, probably because they don't want anybody else to know they're about to get fired, right? Like, they don't want to start having someone train for a job that somebody else has because it's distasteful, yeah. right? Like, you don't... If you're Tom Phillips, you don't want to know, I'm about to lose my job because they're training somebody else to do it. Uh, yeah, we, we heard today that he was given this job in February, and well, then that's so so. Yeah, yeah that's not well. I mean, that's that's not. We really. know where Tom. What's up with Tom Phillips? No, we don't. Well, know. Nothing. And, 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 no clue. So it it it's interesting because I think you you raise really good points, and I think the moment. See, I I, I thought he was kind of shaky, but I just. I was kind of the first week I, I threw away. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it the first week. So I was like, this is the first week, you know, he's generally fine, but there was some moments this week. I thought he was markedly worse. So like, and I'm not trying to be a, I, I think I like the guy. He seems like a good guy. He seemed markedly worse. And the moment I noticed it is when I realized that Corey Graves started calling the goddamn show. And I had, I had this like moment where I was like, Holy shit, Corey Graves is calling the show. <laughs> like they completely I mean, he was still kind of like a what I think it is. I think like you were saying wrestling is so unique and it's not like sports in that yes, to be a sports broadcaster, I think creativity helps, but you have to be that guy the you have to be the the sports guy and be very creative because you're calling a bullshit thing, you know what I mean? Like you, this isn't a real competition. And so, like, there has to be... I, I think it's it takes a unique personality to be able to call sports. You're almost an actor. You know what I mean? You're almost... I think I think what we're all seeing is, how like, how undervalued Michael Cole is. Like, Michael Cole is, a, is so good at what he does that we act like he's not that good. And then when you see a dude like this, you're like, oh. Oh, Michael Cole's really good. <laughs> 
I mean, Michael Cole has been there long enough to know what he's supposed to do and what he's, you know, like, and that's, and it it is a very unique job. It is nothing like, you know, I don't, I don't know how much I can say that AJ, um, what was the thing that he was doing? What was the indie that he was doing for a while down in Orlando? I, God, I can't remember what it was called. The, the castle, castle or what? Well, there was castle. that, and there was something else too. But but AJ, um, they tried to hire me to be the play-by-play guy for this indie. They were going to fly me in and pay me to do these events. And I said, I just was like, dude, I, I know I do play-by-play, and I've done a lot of play-by-play for a lot of different people. This is a different world. Like, I, I'm not telling you I'm not going to do it. I'm interested in doing it. It's something that I. I should probably get some experience doing, and it's. I'm not comparing it to WWE in any way. WWE is an interesting, a completely different challenge. But I'm not going to pretend like I know all the moves. I don't. I, I, I just don't. I know, that, like, as a kid, I knew all of them way more than I know today. Like, I cannot announce moves the same way that I could then. And that's something for Adnan Verk that even if he's been practicing for a little while, that's a difficult thing to do. For fuck's sake, it was difficult for... I was going to say, Michael, Michael Cole, Cole never called moves. Correct. Like, it's been difficult for Michael Cole to do that. It's part of the reason why we we're also in love with Moro Ronaldo is because, you know, n- no one, who, by the way, is going to be uh, uh, doing um, the big impact uh, uh, Kenny Omega-Rich Swan match, which is awesome. Um, but, like, it's a very, very difficult job. It's extraordinarily difficult. And what you guys have alluded to, adding in the eight different things that are expected of you, what you can, what you can't say, and that's changing as the mat, literally in the moment, somebody's screaming something else at you. It's a truly difficult job, which one would say, maybe you don't need to be switching these guys all that often because you need to recognize the difficulty of the job they have and that when somebody gets comfortable in it, it might be worth paying a little bit more to keep them around. For example, the way that I felt on Friday is Pat McAfee shouldn't have been the lead analyst. He should have been a third guy in a broadcast booth. Um, And you should have had a strong analyst who was comfortable with them and then throw in Pat McAfee to sort of be a personality until he gets his footing and figures out how to do this. It really made me say, why wouldn't this have worked with Samoa Joe? You know, like, why couldn't Samoa Joe have been, you know, the wrestler? And then Pat McAfee to sort of be silly on the broadcast as well. I think that would have been really good. It was not really good with Pat McAfee by himself. Can it be at some point? Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, it maybe it can. I still don't think it makes sense to not have a wrestler there. Like, I still think, I, I mean, I guess... Pat McAfee is a wrestler. Yeah, thank you. Um... <laughs> I mean, like, I guess there was, you know, at, at one point it was Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, and, like, that was that was, that was was quite good. And not to say that Paul Heyman wasn't a wrestler at some point, but, you know, he wasn't... wasn't he, no, he was... Ne- I mean, he was never a wrestler. Right. But, I mean, like, he was significant enough... He's a wrestling personality. You know I what I mean? Like, it's, it's, he was far more than Pat McAfee is. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's, that's I think, what I'm really way, trying to I say. By the way, I think that the lead broadcaster of their future is, is under... is in their payroll right now. I think Vic Joseph has come into his own. I thought that he was outstanding on NXT this week. It was really noticeable for me during the main event. I, it a, was I think a, he's done a good job. I mean, I think he he's was done everything a good job. that I wanted. He's young, he's newer, he's excited, like he's everything that I want at that position to be. 
And I know that they gave him a shot on Raw once, and maybe he wasn't ready quite yet, but he also had a weird team with him as well that I didn't think was a good fit with Dio Madden and I don't know, was there a third guy? I can't uh, even well, remember. It was, it was Lawler, Lawler there? Yeah, it was yeah Lawler that's for a minute. that was not a good thing. But I think Vic is really good, and I, I think he's their guy going forward. I think that's the guy. Look, I'm not, but I'm not throwing Adnan Verk out either. And I think that's the. I think people are overreacting. For no, 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 no. But at some point, Michael Cole is not going to do this anymore. Well, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah, sure. There's that. That's, and that's I, I think that's point. part of all of this, by the yes. way. I, I think we've, we've heard for years now that, that Cole has been kind of starting to work in the back, starting to work with other announcers, kind of getting more of an... I think what we're looking at in the maybe not-so-distant future, of course I said it, you know, two years ago, that maybe it wouldn't be a distant future, is that you have a, a you have a Raw team, you have a SmackDown team, neither have Cole, and you trot Cole out for maybe pay-per-views. And, and he's largely... He's, yeah. he's going to be... Instead of having I, eight guys in your ear, you, you have get, Michael Cole right. in your ear. I, I don't like that. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like that. I think if you're the broadcasters on Raw and SmackDown, you should be the guys doing the pay-per-views. Like I don't, I don't like there being a separate broadcaster for pay-per-views. But I, I would almost say if 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 Michael Cole's not going to be on Raw or SmackDown, then Michael Cole should move into a you know a Jim Ross every now and then. You know, comes and does a match or something like that. But that that should just be the end of it at that point. Um, I mean, he's already the head of that department, so he'll be just fine no, if he's not on yeah, screen. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, at, at some point they're going to travel again, and and maybe he'll get to a point in his life where he's just not as interested in, in traveling anymore, and and we'll go from there. All right. As far as what actually happened on programming is concerned, as far as the actual wrestling that we saw this week, um, I guess again, where do you guys want to start? I'll I'll go first. We'll start. We'll go chronologically. We'll start on SmackDown okay. where. I'm convinced after, you know, me, me and Bray were texting back and forth during this. This is either going to be really, really good or really, really disappointing with Cesaro, depending on which direction they go with it. If oh. this is a rush to pay backlash and this is going to be a, you know, one or two well, month I, thing. I, I assume it isn't based on how the night ended. And, and that's the thing. If this is actually the beginning of a six month chase for Cesaro where Roman Reigns is ducking him constantly that could end up being the best thing WWE has done in a while. I so, just, they don't do that. SummerSlam is good enough. It doesn't have to be six months. Well, say, okay, so, SummerSlam. Yeah, it doesn't have to be six months. But yes, a, a, a chase to SummerSlam. So I guess Listen. I guess there would be two things. I would be surprised if Cesaro is the opponent at SummerSlam. I would still be surprised by that just because we're, you know, they're already talking again about some definitely having fans in the crowd at SummerSlam. It 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 feels as though they're gonna want to try to for a big event, and I don't. I, until they prove me otherwise, I can't believe that they believe that Cesaro is that guy for you know again trying to like reopen WWE, if you will, with the big event. Well, wait a minute. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had the most unbelievable footage in the history of WrestleMania. Ah, uh, okay. By the way, you should know this because they showed it 15 fucking times there is and that. said that every single time they showed it in the show. There's all that. Look, I I love the idea of them. I love the idea of them getting behind Cesaro, and I am actually fi- frankly relieved because I was as convinced that this was just get somebody lined up for Roman to mow through at Paybacklash, and the way that they ended the night on Friday night says, well, nope, Paybacklash is going to be another Cesaro and Seth Rollins match, which would then open something up from there. I guess that the, there's a twofold problem that I have. I don't think that that means that it can't just be Cesaro is the opponent for a couple of pay-per-views until SummerSlam, 
and the then, money the money in the bank extreme rules correct type thing like that there's a there's a back-to-back you know pay-per-view thing in there where cesaro is that guy and then roman reigns gets through all that and moves on to whatever the significant thing is they're going to have him do at SummerSlam. i hope that i'm wrong i mean i hope that there is a bigger cesaro plan i hope that there is a bigger process for cesaro but you know i mean i've, I've watched enough of this to know better <laughs> like i'm until they until they show that to me I just can't assume it at this point. I mean, look, as it, I don't want to say I, I'd be honestly at this point the way that they came out so strong there. I'd almost be disappointed if it's not the SummerSlam match. Um, I, mean, I, I get it, if, if you, right? I get it. Like, it, if you can sell me on that, then I guess it's better than just pay backlash. By the way, it still could absolutely be pay backlash. This could be leading to a number one contender match next week. Right, right. Oh, I was thinking the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It 100% could blow off on Friday. Yeah, and but then... it really does feel like they're trying to do a pay backlash bit where it's just WrestleMania all over again. Like it, it Which does... is silly as hell. I agree. But... But, and there's a bigger problem. Daniel Bryan and Edge haven't been on the show. So, That's weird. You know, like, we don't really know what the thought process is as far as Roman Reigns is concerned. And to your point, if Daniel Bryan and Edge aren't going to be around, then, yeah, they need an opponent for some... Somebody's got to face Roman Reigns at pay backlash and... You know, the the work so far would suggest that Cesaro would be the most likely guy for that. And uh, by the way, if they just go to Cesaro and it's not SummerSlam, it's more than he would have gotten if they didn't do that. Yes, so, you're right. But so sure. I, I know it's disappointing. But by the way, I had in my head like this whole roadmap of how they could keep delaying this until then. Easily, you th- throw the Usos in there. You have Shinsuke it, it come out with Cesaro. Bad. You do something with the Usos and Shinsuke and Cesaro to where he they have to go through them for him to get the title shot or whatever. You could tell the story of Shinsuke. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff there that sort of makes sense enough to get through, you know, three pay-per-views you, without you doing the Roman-Cesaro match. Sure, Cesaro keeps getting screwed over. He he doesn't get the number one contender for whatever reason. He He's gets about to get out the money in the money bank, in the bank and, and, and Jey Uso, Uso comes out and screws. Like, you can do this. It's not that difficult. It's something that hasn't really been in their playbook very often. This four-month, truly slow build is something that really isn't in their playbook lately. But it is possible. Just take, take the Kofi roadmap change a couple things well no the kofi roadmap was the fastest of that like they, they well, yeah had, it was that we have no we have no plan we have no plan whatsoever and all of a sudden we better come up with a plan that's the kofi roadmap <laughs> um okay so anything else from smackdown bianca what about um, it i mean it was cool <laughs> like yeah i mean, yeah, I, it, was, it, I, was mean cool. I it feels like that's like their main thing now I mean, I kind of felt pretty prominent. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of felt like she was, I, I, I guess if you have I think story one. I think they want one, her to be a star. I think there's no doubt about that. I think they yeah, absolutely. Like if, if, you've, if story one is Roman Reigns and that's story 1A, I feel like they're pretty even at this point. But that is, but that's awkward because it's a, it's a face champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, that, that's not a, how do you, What's your compelling way of telling that story, right? Like, it's... 
Is it Bianca take on all comers? Is it the Becky Lynch story? Is it the, I don't. You, you, you have to have the super heel emerge. And maybe that's super, you know, you, you have Sasha go full super heel and, and you go that way for at least a little bit. But yeah, you have to have something. Um, to Raw, where. <laughs> I, what are we doing on Raw? And this is the goofiest part about it is that like we were all so excited when their masks came off and we were like, oh, this is the moment. And then like apparently a day later we found out they're just still T-Bar and, and Mace and who knows their masks might be on again next week. Like we thought that yeah. was supposed to mean something and we thought. And like, Drew McIntyre com- continues to be a complete asshole. Uh, he's, he's the worst. He's the ter- worst. Yes, he's absolutely. He's absolutely an asshole. There's no question about that. Um, that, that was, that was disappointing. (laughs) Like, I'm not gonna, you know, that was disappointing because boy, it, it felt like that was something. And then it just definitely was not something in any way, at least not for now. Um, maybe it still could be something at some point, but for now it just sort of feels like prolonging, you know, just let's, let's keep getting this through. Let's keep, it's a slosh until we're through payback lash and we'll start looking at anything from there. But yeah, it's, it's kind of what it is. It's it's payback lash season, guys. Like I don't know what we're supposed to say. This is the way payback lash season goes. Why every do year. we have to have payback lash season? I I the only thing I can think now is that they're convinced. As I said last week, they're convinced that attaching the brand name WrestleMania to something makes it more valuable, makes it more prominent, makes it whatever, and so. Did did you guys like that WrestleMania thing? Well, here's more of the WrestleMania thing. If you don't like wrestling, like WrestleMania I, in the bank coming to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, May. like I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But it doesn't explain why we had to have Payback Lash season every other year when it wasn't WrestleMania Payback Lash. I, the whole thing is just goofy. Like I, I thought last year, you know, it, it became a little awkward simply because we were still navigating the the early parts of COVID. But going right into Money in the Bank made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if the idea being like Money in the Bank sort of kicks off your New Year professional wrestling, I th- I think the pr- there's there's a conflicting problem, which is they're acknowledging that traditionally the summer is bad for everybody. You know, it's just a bad time for doing big events because people go on vacation, because people are doing other things. They're distracted in the summer. It's why um, you don't typically want to schedule a big event in whatever world you're in during the course of the summer. So it always kind of felt like we got to throw some pay-per-views in here and to get to the summer. But it's a weird thing for WWE because they have a football problem in the fall. So right. like they throw away the summer and then you're kind of throwing away. The- Essentially what you're saying is between um, uh, Money in the Bank and Royal Rumble, you're going to get SummerSlam and nothing else. Like that's that's all you're going to get. No, I don't know if you know this, but there's right, a there show is called one time, Survivor yeah, Series. Yeah, one time all year when it's yeah, the I one do, time. I do, I do. I've heard that over the years. So uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the well, the frustrating thing with the, the specifically this year, if it's going to be you know what it seems like, which might be almost if if not a direct run back, pretty similar matches across the board. You know, like what does that make WrestleMania? If we're going back to you know, WrestleMania is no longer the end of the season because you're doing all that shit all over again a month later. What is WrestleMania? Well, somebody might say, you know, it hasn't been for a while. Well, right? and, and that's like, and but I'm saying, are, are they just admitting now? Like, you know, we we've kind of danced around it. Now well, it's and, just official. And, like, and, don't expect that. Yes, and the corporate argument would probably be again when you have your most attention and your most eyeballs. 
why would you, if, if people like that, and that's how they found us, we should give them more of that to keep solidifying them as wrestling fans that might stick around, you know, moving forward. There would be a corporate argument for when you have the most attention you're going to get, you shouldn't turn around and say, yeah, but now we're doing something completely different um, moving forward because of the people that only came on board because they, you know, saw all the media attention that you got in the build to WrestleMania. Maybe they watched WrestleMania. They want to see more of the thing that got them there, the thing that hooked them. So, yeah. Yeah, WrestleMania can't be, well, WrestleMania can't be the end of the story. It almost has to be the baton handoff of the story. Because like Glenn's saying, if you're getting all these people that don't normally watch, the point is to hook them and keep them watching. So if all of a sudden Bianca, they love Bianca versus Sasha, but now Bianca's fighting, you know, Lacey Evans or something like that's not the yeah, same. I didn't, as, I didn't see this person. I don't know who this person is. Now you have to get there at some point, obviously. Like you can't just keep doing Here's the same or thing. Well, yeah, it's a great point, Aaron. But well, if you we, remember, we don't like, know if if W if WrestleMania Backlash is coming up after WrestleMania Payback. Payback that's a great point. So, it could just be nothing but WrestleMania. So you have to remember, like in the old school of the like in the old school version of the business where it was more about bringing people out to events versus another television show. This is exactly what they would do. Like whoever was on WrestleMania would be on the live event circuit sure. for like the next two months yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it was it was always the the WrestleMania back. Yeah, I think they might have called revenge it the WrestleMania tour. The revenge tour. There we yeah. go. That's a great and, point. Yep. And so like this is just the TV version of this, but it's the same mentality, which is that like this is the thing that people loved. Let's get their asses in the seats at these arenas. Well, now it's not about asses well, and, in the and, seats. And, at and, and this happens. This happens all the time, by the way. Like in in um in sports. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a Summer Olympics this year, we think. We think there's going to be a Summer Olympics this year. If there is, then afterwards, um, let's say the U.S. gymnastics team wins the gold medal, they're going to tour arenas in the fall as the Olympic uh, salute or something like that is what they're going to call the tour because nobody gives a shit about gymnastics, but during the Summer Olympics, they half, they're half interested and half care and so you're doing everything in your power to sort of vibe off of that and build your brand moving forward. But those aren't going to be televised in primetime Monday well, I, nights I, every week. Well, so I, I, what you might not know is that some of them will be. Like, like some a, a of, few of them will. Some be, of those shows will pop up on NBC Sports Network, whatever, whatever the NBC Sports Network or is. Or I was going to say, that, that doesn't exist. Yeah, well, but. it won't exist at some point. I don't even know when that officially happens, and, and we still need to figure out more of what that means for USA. Um, but yeah, like I, this is not uncommon in branding in, in, in that you have a big event and how do you, how do you use that big event to benefit you moving forward in a brand that people like? It's just annoying as wrestling fans because WrestleMania is supposed to be the moment. Like it's supposed to be the culmination of the moment. And then we're supposed to get the kickoff to the new season. And it's just sort of, it's not happening. We're just sloshing through and that's the way that it goes. Um, what else from Raw do we need to talk about? Well, we got to talk about Charlotte. I mean, we we do. Um, we, we do. I just don't know how and to. And that's the thing. I, I don't really know how to either, frankly. Like, I really don't, if I'm being utterly honest. I, I... I didn't think it looked as big as they thought it looked. I think they thought it looked like a really shocking moment that would create buzz and conversation for a week and it just it kind of fell flat for me in that way i it i didn't think they went far enough with it 
You know what I mean? Like we've seen Charlotte attack people in the back. Like yeah, she she should have started swinging chairs at all of the refs. That's what I'm like saying. Like I, yeah, it, she should have went full Brock. It it came off just more like she got frustrated in a minute. I I, I don't know, man. It 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 didn't. And and you can almost justify it a little bit, like that she had right to be frustrated. Now I'm not saying that that means in the real world that you should be going after a ref or something In storyline mode, she got screwed and she got upset. And, like, that's the thing. So it didn't come off as all that significant to me, and it kind of fell flat in that way, where I was like, I I think they think this was supposed to be a big moment. It it really wasn't a big moment. It was more, you know, part of the storytelling, I guess. It was weird. It was weird in that way. I can't figure out what the story is either. Yeah, that's part of it too. Like, if this is supposed to be an indefinite suspension, are are we going to expect her back in two weeks? And if it's actually like, okay, we're we're shelving you for a month, why did you come back for two weeks when you were already off? And if this if this if this would have happened five years ago, I would have been convinced that this was leading to like Charlotte and Stephanie at SummerSlam or something. But like that doesn't really make sense right now. Makes no the, sense at all, ever. I mean, like I'm saying, if you were telling the story about like man, you know, basically her versus management, that's where that would lead. But right? could it could it somehow lead to Sonya Deville becoming in charge of Raw and sure that there's something there? I, I'm not. It's not interesting today. I was gonna say, is that something? No, that, that, not that's today. Weird. Just just based on the way they've presented Sonya. Yeah, they've tried to make it seem like she's more of the face of the two of them. I well, guess. Well, actually, I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I don't oh, think yeah, so. Sorry, that's, no, no, no. I just said it wrong. You're right. You're 100 right. I just said it wrong. Um, well, no, I, I, I mean more like, I, I love Sonya, but they haven't presented, if this is leading to Charlotte versus Sonya, like right. no, what? No, no, Charlotte's no, going to run through her. <laughs> well, I think, yes. I guess the question is, do they think that Sonya is a wrestler again at some point? And if they do, no, then... wait, let me, let me, wait, let me, let me pick some of that up. So what I think what Glenn was trying to say is it could lead to heel Sonya running raw with heel Charlotte and being, you know, oh, that, would, that yeah, being that, a thing. So, oh, I, I didn't pick that. No, that up. wasn't that wasn't what I was thinking. I was I was th- like I was thinking of. He was thinking it leads to Char- Charlotte. Charlotte versus, versus an authority figure. And by oh, the way, I, I still think this could work. I think when you're going after authority figures, it's better to go after as a face, go after heel authority figures. But you have to do more to show Charlotte actually being screwed to make her seem sympathetic. Like th- this is the problem. That, that Charlotte's was the not the face pro- in this. Right. I was say, correct. That, that was the heel promo yes. of all heel promos. One thousand percent, which is why this doesn't work. But if they spe- I, I don't know what the point of it is. I really don't. Other than to reintroduce Charlotte. Other than to say hey, Charlotte's still here, and she's still Charlotte. She's still a big deal. When she's here, she matters the most. And it's an awkward thing to do when we're doing WrestleMania pay backlash. Like, By the way, if we're doing this as a triple threat match, it's insane to do that anywhere but SummerSlam. And we've got three pay-per-views of SummerSlam, so I, I can't see how you would keep it at bay that long unless the idea is Charlotte's suspended for two months. <laughs> While Rhea again, and Austin you, you, fight a couple you times, you brought her back just to get suspended, yeah, and that doesn't. And make the sense. other thing is, I I really hate the idea of Charlotte is more important than everybody. We're going to take her off TV. We're presumably going to talk about her constantly. Yeah, and that makes everything that you put on TV make a little look a little worse. Uh, I think it's terrible. Yeah, I think that's yeah, terrible. it's not sure. a good situation. Can I give you my bright spot of Raw? Because there was one thing I absolutely loved. Okay. Um, 
Matt Riddle and and Randy Orton. I mean, the, the match was great. The match was uh, the everything was great. The match was tremendous. <laughs> it's it's it gets Matt Riddle a lot of heat back pretty quickly. Um, the, the segment before the match was fucking outstanding. Like annoyed old Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. I mean, that was yeah. That there was, was an magic. odd there was an odd couple thing there that was working. RK you know? bro. I yeah. mean, if they dude, if they ran with that, I might be all in. Well, like, it would be incredible. They would have it would absolutely be incredible. I don't it's think legit, they will. Legitimately, like Falcon and Winter Soldier or Lethal Weapon like dynamic or whatever. Like yeah. that would be kind of great. Um. Yeah. I mean, you I just got to get rid of the goddamn birds. Yeah. By the way, did I tell you what my daughter said about? I t- I texted Aaron this. Um, Dottie was walking in the room when that happened. She was like, Daddy, was that magic? And I was like, it was something. <laughs> it was weird. It's weird. Matt, it's weird that, that's shit. his new gimmick, Matt Riddle, the magician. Yeah, it's it's weird. There's no doubt about now that. Now he's talking about the birds, by the way. He did. He talked. Was it the Kofi yeah. segment where he talked about them? All right. To uh, to NXT where we got the answer, um, which, it it again, there's the, there's still the continuity problem. Which is a week ago, you showed me that there's still something between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, and I guess we're just no. I think I think that's that? a, I think this is a this is a fake out. I think this is like forget Adam Cole's a thing. You know, we we could even get the match, and then Adam only Cole for Adam Cole to come back at the end or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, but I definitely think that's happening. But I, I did think to myself like we could actually get. We could actually think we're getting that match and whether it actually happens and he comes in at the end or he causes it to not happen or something. I, he's still going to be. Well, I think involved. It, I mean, they made a new intro and he's in it. So, well, the, he's still around. There's a couple things here that I think we need to cover. And I think the first is the most awkward one, which was that was a terrible first glimpse at Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, I mean, it was that was horrendous. That it was I texted Aaron. I hate this. This is the worst. I, I have no idea why they thought that's where that character should go. Um, was to try to be John Moxley like that. <laughs> that, that, that? Thank you. I was trying to figure out what it really was, but that's a perfect. It, it was horrendous. I mean, it, it was, was real bad. The it, music's real bad. To, to the like, point, and I can see past the music. You know, like the music's not gonna. It's 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 sure. him. It's him coming it's out everything together and trying to too. act like he's a wild card now and trying to act like he you know he's going to shoot from the like what in the fuck made you think that was what we were looking for from Kyle O'Reilly? And also that performer isn't capable of pulling. Well, this I off. don't know if he is or if he isn't, but it, I, I mean he couldn't that day. It, it reminds me he did something similar to this, but in an ironic way as a heel. Like he was, he was cool, Kyle, but as a heel, which works, and you know, kind of just the the right, very because you're sort of oh, making fun cool. of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. right. The, as a face, this yeah. was this was awful. I mean, it was it was real, and it was alarmingly awful. Like it was, what are they doing? Like what do they want him to be a face or not? Like that. I mean, yeah, it really it came was, off. It as was like, real bad. This is a horrendous way to reintroduce your top face in the company. Um, like or in the brand, I guess. If you it want to it was way. career killing level bad. Um, if they would continue with it, well, if it doesn't get better, you know what I mean. Like if if it's just gonna be this, unless forward, this is us being old and a bunch of young people like this when crowds come back. I th- I had that thought too. Like I, I, if this is some douchebag character that we just don't get because we're old. Well, I, again, the do du- I think it's a douchebag character, but I think 
No, it, know, it, but, but like not a face, what it's supposed to be. It right, reads, but like a face douchebag character. Do you know what I mean? Like a Miro on AEW. Kind but he's of not a face. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not a face at all. Okay, okay like, sorry, the, bad that, example. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like a millennial, well, this, keep, a weird millennial right, character. But no, no, but no, you hit it. He's Kip Sabian. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> he's going to be a top face because Kip Sabian is not a face. No, not at all. And he definitely, by the way, he definitely didn't come off in the face in the segment with Grimes. No, I mean, like, well, you you think that Grimes is the biggest? Yeah, you and you and that's, and that that's and part that's, of the problem. And that's a miss too, right? Like you were you were convinced they were running into the idea that they know that Grimes is a face, and they very clearly do not know that. Like they are, so they're, they're going to find out when there's crowds. I'm telling you. But when is I, that? Like we don't. Yeah, I, I was going to say I don't think there's crowds. I know, but I'm, I'm convinced that he's going to get a hero's I, welcome i i think he will be quite popular when there's crowds but i don't know specifically with nxt i have no idea for, for, for nxt that might not be till october yeah i mean it, it could still be some time for nxt um so so a couple of things that i'll say i i am opposed to them doing kyle o'reilly and carrying cross if it's just going to be taking a back seat to going back to adam cole that's that's a bad idea I, I'd rather do the number he gets in Cole gets involved in the number one contender match. Yeah. I mean I would if if you if you're going back to Adam Cole. Now again, part of the problem is I didn't think you were going back to Adam Cole, and this goes back to the issue that I have. He you did this big blow off. Let it be a fucking blow off, which is why I didn't like the footage last week. Let it be a fucking blow off because you've got other plans, because you're moving on. I don't need more Kyle O'Reilly won the the thing. WrestleMania week match. On TakeOver, crazy fucking match that you built up to. Kyle O'Reilly won it. Be done. Be done with it. Fuck this. Stop it. Be done with it. Can their paths cross again at some point? Sure. Sure they could. But it shouldn't be now. It shouldn't be a month later. It shouldn't be at SummerSlam. It shouldn't be in any of those places. Be done with this. Make the takeover, the, the, the shit kicker TakeOver match matter. Make it matter that somebody won that blood feud match. Make all of that be relevant and don't just turn around to do it again. So I'm opposed to doing it again in any fashion. If you have to do it again, don't don't muddy up the title picture in the in the process of doing it again. Be, move on. Move on to the next thing. Go on to the next thing. Tell me a story. Go that route. Don't just keep muddying things up for the sake of muddying them up. The problem is there there isn't a logical next story for carrying cross right now other than kyle o'reilly i mean you can create one but like if it's not kyle o'reilly who well after after the other night yes i mean after 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 tuesday night sure that's what i'm saying where we are right now but that i mean okay so then i'm just accepting that it's a problem like this is the issue that i have after they have the interaction backstage on tuesday night yes you you have to go there but if you're not fully well, I, ready, I'm just trying. To, like, I I agree that it's better if Cole doesn't let the match happen. Who does Kyle O'Reilly lose to in that situation? Who who gets the you know even if it's a surprise match, who would be there? Wait, what? Wait. So let, let's say let's cross. say this, yeah with carrying cross like let's say that this get you know Cole O'Reilly reignites right. because Kyle O'Reilly is in a number one contender match and Cole screws him over. Who does he lose to? I don't think he loses. I think he faces somebody, but I don't think he's going to lose. Well, again, I'm, I'm saying it's 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 O'Reilly versus Cole. It is not O'Reilly versus Cross. Who does but Cross the, face? Right. And Aaron's, who does he face? Aaron's not point. who does he lose to? Right. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who does Cross face? Who does O'Reilly lose right, to? That's, in that and number that's one that's one. Who who does Cole like? 
if Cole comes back to screw O'Reilly, it's against who giving them the number one contendership, right? I, I think he screws him in an actual title match. I th- I think he's going to get the actual match and on like a NXT Wednesday special. I don't want Kyle to lose a title event. match again. And, but, but I think it's going to come down to him winning eventually. I think he gets I, I think he gets robbed in a way that doesn't hurt. There's him. only so many you're, times and that can happen. And you're doing so much to get there too. You know what I mean? Like you're doing this is a lot of work that we're putting in in order to get there. If the if the plan is we got to do another Cole O'Reilly thing, which again I don't want, but if that's the plan. I would be with Aaron where I would say, don't. Just don't go any further. Now, again, part of the problem is they teased it. They teased the thing on Tuesday. Brandon couldn't be. You can tease be... it, by the way. Again, just like you're teasing Cesaro and Roman, you can kick the can down the road, but then you have to have something for Cross in the meantime. Well, there's there there are things that you can have for Cross. You could still go back. You can, you can still, even after the... You can pull Santos Escobar out of any of that. There's nothing going on there that's so important that you can't pull him out of. I mean, like, it's very clear they're going that direction, though. I understand that, but it's it's not necessary. You can pull him right back out of that. Like that's that's not a problem. Um, it can be Bronson Reed. You know what I mean? Like you can do Bronson Reed to to get you through and sell him as being a guy that matters a little bit and having won some matches that were important and all of those things. You could there's things you can do. To get yourself through to that point, you could give Finn a rematch. You could throw Shinsuke yeah. down there for a month and a half. You, you know, you love the idea of Shinsuke. Yeah, who wouldn't want to see Shinsuke? I versus mean, no. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to see it. I'm just. Yes, there's just I, no I just reason to think. It when there's, it he's just there's sitting no around. He's doing nothing. Um, I had a wild idea. This is a lot of work to get somewhere, but like, eventually they have to have someone from NXT win Money in the Bank, right? That has to be a thing. And uh, if they're in the Rumble and feasibly can win the Rumble, you could do money in the bank, particularly now that there's two money in the banks. I think it's very frustrating sometimes to have them both floating around the same, you know, well, two but- shows. I think it would be a nice a nice breath of fresh air to have an NXT winner of Money in the Bank. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think they believe that money, the briefcase is too valuable as a prop to, to take it off of one of their top two shows. It's, it's a, well, they I- have two. Right, there's but, two briefcases. But there's also two shows. Like, I, but there's two. There's belts. Wait, what do you there's, mean there's two? There, there's a man and a woman. Right. Correct. Well, and here's, here's the question: Would would at, then I mean, what they you, killed let's, let's off the other NXT. one immediately last year? Well, well I, which is a big right. problem. Yeah, I I disagree with that. I think that's dumb. I mean, I think that's a dumb. But way I'm to saying, do it. like, if the, if they had one there and one had one on NXT, that would be no different than what's happened in previous years, where people have either cashed in the you know right away. Also, or... let's let's remember there were some pretty unique circumstances. Yes, there were unique year. circumstances, but they have done it before too. Yes, well, they they, um, they do it almost every year. Let's be honest, yes, which is do. again we complain about it every right. year because the value of the briefcase briefcase is too significant, and I think. I, and that's the problem. I, I think, and I'm I'm trying to say this without it. Plus, you can't have an NXT person have a briefcase that lets them get any title and then challenge the for the NXT title. Yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're if you're yeah, who who would you have win that briefcase? If it's Charlotte if- won the Royal Rumble and challenged for the NXT title, so I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, like we've already that that toothpaste is out of the tube, guys. Like that's I, fair. I, like I'm going to say this. Like- I'm trying to say this, and I. I mm. I think you're trying to draw a parallel between a men's and a women's situation that WWE has not proven exists yet. They have proven a lot of things. Okay. I think you're trying to make it seem like 
the raw, the the men's briefcase and the women's briefcase are the same thing. And in WWE world, they have not done that yet. But that wasn't a briefcase. That was the Royal Rumble both, winner. Both things that you're talking about. You're okay. talking about the men's NXT briefcase winner, the men's briefcase winner being on NXT and saying, you know, well, hey, they've blown off the briefcase before. They've blown off the women's briefcase way more than they've blown off the men's briefcase. The men's briefcase has typically lingered to something significant. Typically. The other thing they've done is they have on screen presented the NXT women's division as the most important thing in the NXT women's title as a title on par, which they've never done with the NXT men's title. Yeah, that's true, too. That is true, too. That is also true. And part of that is also the fact that we know that the NXT women's division has been the best women's division in all of professional wrestling for frankly about as long as it's existed so yeah you know, that's, that's true that's too played a role in that too um so when adam cole wins money in the bank this year <laughs> well but you can tell me i was right <laughs> I, I think if adam cole's winning the money in the bank it's because adam cole is going to challenge to become a raw or smackdown champion like well you know, that's what i would hope I mean, but like that's that would be I, my that would be my gut about all of that all right um there's one thing in particular that i want to talk about related to AEW. there's there's one thing in particular that you know what's really funny? For the most part, with, with Cody not being around, and and when he's been around, he hasn't been all that significant, I would say to me it's been some of the least offensive shows there have been. I don't want to tell you that I think they've been particularly good the last couple of weeks. I mean, I thought, the you know as we talked about last week, I thought the opening match of last week's show was crazy, but was almost comically crazy. It was almost like there were too many false finishes to try to convince you of how great of a match it was. But for the most part, I think the shows have been less threatening, far less offensive, except for one thing that's now crossed over so far to me that it again is dampening my spirit about all of AEW because it's so bad and so offensive. Guesses. That that would be spilling over into all... That's the thing. I think there's some bad. Like I still don't like all of the the QT Marshall, Billy Gunn, yeah, Dustin stuff. Real bad. It's, but it's, but that to me is existing it's bad in a bubble. A, but for it, the most that's, part. it's closer to harmless. It's closer. Yeah, to harmless. like that. That's the yep. thing. It's a harmless thing for me. It's, like it's not good, around it's Darby is annoying as hell. It's annoying. Oh, it's annoying. you know, I, there was something noticeable to me when Taz's son was like beating up Hangman Page. Let's just let's just explain. Team Taz is offensively bad, and and the reason why it's offensively bad is because it's bad without repercussion. It's all they ever do is get their ass kicked. All they ever do is lose. And they never, it never matters. Literally, they lost a match to start the night. Taz ran his mouth as if they had accomplished something. As if they won, right. (laughs) And they got another match later on in the night to just lose again. And by the way, what's going to happen next week? They're going to lose. They're going to lose again. All they've ever done is lose. And yet they continue to be featured prominently as if they're supposed to matter. That's offensively bad. Particularly the the part where they like, you're supposed to care if they're going to break up or not. Who gives a shit? Why would like, (laughs) who gives a shit what any of these people do? They're wildly irrelevant. All they ever do is lose, and they keep getting more time on TV. And there's never an acknowledgement. There's never an acknowledgement of how embarrassing it is. There's every now and then like some dissent within the group, but there's never an acknowledgement of how fucking unbelievably embarrassing Team Taz is. It's unfortunate. 
unthinkable that Team Taz exists. And yet, not only do they exist, they get more time every week. (laughs) There's more Team Taz the following week because we need something to fill this role, and this is all we've got, so we're just going to keep sticking it out there and hope that you don't notice how offensively bad it is. It is hurting the entire product. It's so offensively bad. And it's it's not even like a kayfabe thing. It's a well, it is. I guess it's more a kayfabe. I was gonna thing. say no. It's all yeah. Kayfabe. It's all kayfabe. It's that because actually, and, and this is what we have to say with this: the performers all individually are doing pretty good in I, their roles. Their I, roles just suck. I guess <laughs> they are. I don't even know if they are, Aaron. That's the. Th- I don't even know if these guys I mean, are Taz's doing well. son does not belong. Well, yeah, Taz's I son, mean, but but he doesn't do anything. He's just well. He did this there. week. He clipped Hangman. Yeah, Page I mean this behind, this I, week like, he yeah. was kind of the story. Like, there's nothing there. I mean, that's the point. There's nothing there. There's never been anything there. But at least for a little while, it could just be they're serving their purpose, whatever, and then you can move on. But they're not moving on. They're just keeping going back to it. They are moving on to lose against different people. (laughs) They're just the perennial, like, okay, we need somebody. I mean, here's what they are. They are the perennial, we need to get a win over somebody who's credible, except they forgot to make them credible. That's the point. Like, like, every qualification you're trying to give has to involve something else. Like, at some point, they have to do something. At some point, or, or we have to acknowledge they don't matter. But when they lose... They lose, and then it's like we have to pretend like they didn't. We have to listen to Taz. They, they still beat up the guy after the match, and then I mean, it's like all you're they, right. It's, all forget they, about what happened in this match. Yes, now we're gonna pre- pretend like it never occurred because we're moving on to the next big thing that Team Fucking Taz is going to do. It's terrible, and it's bleeding through. Every, it's it's bleeding through the entire night for two hours. I am constantly bombarded by how yes. awful. Team Taz is, and and Aaron, if I could at least, if I could say, hey, but I think these guys are doing good work. Like, m- m- I don't, I don't even know because all of it is so bad. I don't know what they're supposed to be doing that would be good work. Did did Will Hobbs look decent? That just scrap it, by the way. Like, stop the power. That's dumb. The stop powerhouse. That. Stop. stop. <laughs> did Will Hobbs look kind of good in that match? Yeah, he looked he looked good yeah. in that match. But does it matter at all? Nope. In you, what? You have to, and here's the thing: if all you do is have them win a feud, like you have them, you have Will Hobbs win a feud against Christian, he's set for the next year. You can I, have him lose more, I and you can always go back and say, "Here's the guy who beat Christian." Sure, it would, it would, it would do wonders for making him at least somewhat relevant, at least slightly relevant, and it and it speaks to the bigger issue, which is. You know, they they are not creating stars. They are creating a bunch of factions that have nothing to do. They're not and, and creating... on top of that, too many members of the factions are people who probably shouldn't be on TV. Well, I don't know if I it, mean maybe, maybe. With, with the except I, I don't know, with the exception of the QT Marshall nonsense. No, I'm saying like some of these factions have like seven people in them. And if you if the only oh, way oh, you can if get you... I by the, I think you're saying two different things. There's too many of them. Not that the people individually aren't good enough gotcha. to be on TV. Like that. That I'll agree with. Santana and Ortiz have been lost for that. That they are completely no, utter. They, they, they were the best obviously part of those deserve to be on TV. That's, I'm that, talking like fine. Dark Order member number eight. If the but, only I mean, reason but, he's on TV is because he's one of seven people standing on the apron, he shouldn't be on TV. But I, like, I, I, let me go back to the point that I was making. Santana and Ortiz are great. 
But San Antonio and Ortiz have not come off as stars over the last year. They've come off as guys that just happen to be part of a faction. That's it. That's all that's been there for Santana Ortiz. And it doesn't mean they don't get good moments or they don't get they're not they don't perform well when they get their opportunities, but they haven't come out of this as stars. They've come out of this as guys that happen to be a part of the inner circle and and nothing more than that. MJF came out as a star, right? Like you got one. Darby Allen has come out as a star. Who else has come out of what their faction? And Darby Allen wasn't really part of a faction. Yeah, I was gonna say he was never um, part of a faction. Right. Team Sting is a faction. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, God, I hope not. Um, but they have not. All they keep doing is here. Let's throw another faction at something. Let's throw another. We don't. They have not made stars, and that's maybe the biggest problem. They wanted us when they introduced Will Hobbs. We were supposed to give a shit about Will Hobbs. Like it mattered that Will Hobbs is there because look at him, right? Well, how many months are we into the Will Hobbs experiment? A year. I mean, it's not quite. It's not a year. Wait, but when, when did he join Team it, Taz? What four months? No, ago? No, but remember, he was with Moxley. For, it's been. It has to be close. I think well, it's. A, I think a it's, year if you if you count Dark. He was on Dark for a while. But he was with Moxley. He came out and then he turned heel on Moxley, right? Right, but I feel like that was a quick. Thing. It was. That was it a, was. He was with Moxley for like three weeks before turning. But heel. it went right. It, it was. But hang on. It was. It was last September. It wasn't nearly was a it year. September. Yeah. I thought it was closer to November. It December. was. Wow. It was September. It wasn't a year. But the point is, it's, it has been a while, right? We're talking yeah. about they. They wanted when they introduced Will Hobbs, it was the look at this fucking guy introduction that was supposed to make someone a star. And here we are seven months later and there's nothing there. He's just an irrelevant part of an irrelevant faction. And it's this is the AEW problem. And that's part again, it builds on why Team, team Taz is so offensive which is not only in kayfabe is it offensive, but it's offensive because it's a bigger picture of what AEW does. Instead of creating individual stars, they, they say, here's something new. This, this fucking you know, Olympic wrestler that I'm supposed to give a shit about or boxer or whatever the fuck he is, here's something new and it's a really fucking big deal and none of us could even name him right now with, with a gun to our head. We couldn't tell you what the fucking guy's is name is. A, a go-go? Something like that, yes. It is. It's, it's, he performed for MCW. <laughs> and I'm not, he might be great. Yeah. I'm not, this right. isn't me knocking the guy. It's you can only tell me something matters so much until I catch on to the fact that it sure as shit does not. It doesn't matter in any way. And that's the most offensive part about Team Taz is it's it's taking these guys, trying to sell me when you introduce them. Look at this fucking guy. This guy's a big deal, and then just sort of saying, and instead they'll be a part of a faction for a long time. I, I love Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy's great. I thought that was a great match, right? Like I I love Jungle Boy. But does Jungle Boy really matter? Is he a star, or is he's he not a guy getting that, enough screen time to get a right, star? He's a, a star, guy that's that, for sure. He's a guy that we think could be a star. Should be a star, but he's not. He's he's a prop kinda, you know. Like it, this this is the eternal AEW problem of just thinking you can solve everything by throwing. Here's another new guy. Here's another. Here's just, a new guy who can have a good match. Right. Just keep throwing those in every week. Here's another new shiny new object, and look at all this talent we're amassing. Well, when are you doing something with it? And and they and they try to force you. So I saw this number that was staggering. It was like they had eighty different people on yeah, the show. 
a few couple weeks ago. Yeah, that is unbelievable. That's, I mean, that's unbelievable. Like, that's is a, there eighty people on the WWE main roster? <laughs> like, I can't. I don't even know if they have yeah, eighty guys. Probably, but if you count everybody that's hurt and all that, but yeah, I mean, right, like, I hear, saying, like, I hear you. Saying, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, that, now granted, they did count like random backstage extra. So if you count that for WWE, maybe you get to eighty. But well, I don't think no, you get to eighty on a Raw or a SmackDown. No, I don't. I don't. Even if, even if, and I mean, it would take some sort of absurd segment, like a a twenty four seven. You walk through the backstage and you see right. like 10 correct just standing around, just hanging around right it would take something along those lines in order to get it there um it, no it's it's the, the, and this is the issue and 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 team taz is the embodiment of that issue it's a, it's a separate thing this is a separate problem than the cody problem was this was a problem now of you've got the guys they're there you don't stop stop thinking you need to acquire more talent stop thinking that the difference is whether or not you end up signing any of the guys that got released by WWE last week, that's that's not the problem now. And trust me, we, you know, there there are some. We all think Samoa Joe should be in a, a prominent place, right? And I think a lot of if us. If he can wrestle, he should main event whatever company he goes to. Correct. And we won't have a problem with it wherever but, it is. But they, well, I wouldn't say we won't have a problem with it. I mean, we will have a problem with it if if he walks into AEW and is challenging Kenny Omega. We absolutely will come on the show and and, and be like, "What will. the fuck are they doing?" We will because that that's that's it's another example of another problem we've talked about, which is but it it falls into the line that they shouldn't be worried about Samoa Joe right now. They should be worried about the guys that they introduced us to, and and why it is that they're not ready to pull the trigger on them as being their stars. Why Darby Allen has to be neutered by fucking a babysitter, an octogenarian babysitter every week, instead of just being... Face paint daddy was a great line by Miro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. <laughs> by the way, that, and I do, but while, while we're busy, I do have good. to shout out, that Miro promo oh, was, was fire. A- absolutely excellent. But the, again... Miro should be a star. <laughs> like, and, and hopefully this is and the, I, like and him. I, right. now, now, whether it makes sense or not is a whole other conversation, but I liked it. Yeah, there is the problem where like... All of a sudden, he doesn't like Kip Sabian? Like, what... What was that? He doesn't... Well, he doesn't like anybody, right? Like, and I'm... And no, I'm but they were best friends. For, I, like, I'm aware, but like, I'm kind of okay with the, where did that get me... I just need to go back to not liking anybody. I'm kind of okay with that it being oh, a okay. character evolution. I think that that can work for I a character. I might have missed that part. Well, I mean, that was sort of what he, I don't care, is what he was saying. I don't care who, you, I don't care, you know. Let me kill people. Right. If you have a belt, he's going after Sheeta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of what he's saying. By the way, it actually also felt to me, I I, I think they, I think they should have let Ty Conti win that match. I think, I they, think they're just waiting for Britt. I know, I, I know that's what they're, they're doing, but I think this is the miss. They fucked up Sheeta so bad that they don't need the match to be Britt Baker and Sheeta. That's not necessary because they have not made Sheeta to be the relevant, you know, kingmaker women's champion that Britt Baker needs to overcome. I and, think, and Ty Conti hasn't gone so far heel that they couldn't just pull ex- her back. Exactly. Oh, I, I was right. going to say she was absolutely the face, and but that, that's what I think they're doing. Like they had her lose because Britt's going to win, and I think Ty's going to chase her. Oh, you think Ty's and, chasing Britt? Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, maybe like that. That that could be the route. I I, I don't know. As that match went on, I felt like. It, th- this was a great way to clean up, and it sucks because it's it's not Sheeta's fault. It's not, but they made a mess there. They fucked up. They screwed that up and never never allowed her to be the star that she should be. And I thought it was sort of a way of getting out of that problem without having to acknowledge that it was a problem. I think the truth is Britt Baker going over Sheeta kind of loses something, like because Sheeta's just been so 
Everyone's going to cheer for Britt Baker. She's just been too irrelevant, man. Like, yep. I, I, and, and Britt Baker's been so relevant that... But I, I, I'm okay with having the official reset being Britt win the title instead of kind of passing the title along and then Britt being yeah, the official reset. I mean, reset. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I, I hear you. I, I do get that. Uh, what else from AEW do we need to cover? Anything? Not really. I, I, Mir- the mirror thing was the biggest thing to me. No, I, 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 well, actually, no, we do, we do have to talk... Um, they're making Blood and Guts a one-match show, which is interesting. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I, I'm very curious to see what they do there. You know why it's more interesting is because, like, you don't need to. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have competition anymore. You don't need gimmicks. You don't need... I mean, to, to me, it reads as they want, like, probably Jericho, because Jericho has kind of been in charge of mm-hmm. more or less all of his things, want to say, we want to do a... 75 to 90 minute match and they were like well we can't do that on a pay-per-view we we can't do a pay-per-view and have literally right. half the show be right. one match so here here's our compromise there i i think it was it was we're gonna fuck up this place so bad that there's no way you could do anything else and so how do we make this so that we don't have to do anything else i i wouldn't be surprised if if this is even in a fucking ring you know what I mean? Like, I, I, who knows? But like, this is going to be something so crazy that there might be some kind of logistical reason why they can't do anything else. Like, maybe they're going to break. They're actually the whole ring finally up. going to explode the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, you. You're funny. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's 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 plausible. I mean, it's totally plausible. That's what it's all about. I mean, um, if each guy gets their own entrance, that's going to be like the first half an hour anyway. Right, so it's it's a half hour of it. You know, you, you do pre-match interviews, you do pre-match yeah. intros, and then 90 minutes of the match. Right, with commercials, so it really ends up being, you know, whatever it is that they're actually doing yeah. with the match. I don't know if they're doing it live either, or if they're they're going to tape. I would assume that's going to be something they're going to tape. No, I mean, they're advertising that you can buy tickets for May yeah. 5th at oh. 8 p.m. Okay, all right, all right. They're trying to play up, like, which is a different issue we don't really need to talk about, but it's 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 insane how much effort they have to put in to get people to come to these shows because it it, lo- it doesn't sound like people are coming. Um, but but they're basically they were playing up the ticket sales of it, like hey, this is the one time you'll only see the only time you'll see this ever, and people are really talking about it. All right, all right, <laughs> like, are they? Right, right. <laughs> are they really talking about it? Like, um, it's a pretty hard sell. Uh, expectation for I mean are we just assuming that Kenny Omega is beating Rich Swan and and unifying the belts I would assume it, it is a title for title it's not just for the I, impact title I, I thought that's that's yeah that, that I just wanted to make sure I wasn't well, me, that. Me, like it has to be Kenny if that's the case let me double check on it like, let me just just so that I'm I'm certain of that uh impacts rebellion event is coming up on Sunday night and yes, it is title versus title. Yes, okay. Either, ba- either barring a, I, I guess it's possible we have a no finish. But if somebody wins, it has to be Kenny. Well, no, okay, but that's the easy way out. So, th- like, you know, tell me, tell me, do you think that that's what they're doing? Or do you think they're going to end up having a no finish? I think we all agree that if if some, there's no world in which Rich Swan is winning the AEW Championship. We're all in agreement right. on that. So, is it that they're having Kenny win both belts, or is it just this is an exhibition? They wanted to do to try to get people to watch, and at the end of the day, they still want to have a separate Impact champion than an AEW champion. I think that Kenny wins it because they are putting so you know they're bringing in Morrow. They are doing so much press for it. 
I think it's a bad move to then have a non-finish unless it's an unbelievable non-finish that, you know, changes the business, you know? Well, okay, so to me, this impact in AEW thing has been such a nothing so far. Like, if you really wanted to make it something, the way to do that would be for Rich Swan to win and you could protect Kenny by having Moxley come in and 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 attack him or like to help him help Rich Swan win this match. And then you have like a one week to two week window where you protect Kenny that way, but you have an actual because like Kenny Omega winning the Impact Championship that doesn't that doesn't make it's this not, more exciting. It's, it's not a big deal. No, I mean it, it, it doesn't matter it, at all. It, well, yeah, I guess somebody would say it would keep Kenny on Impact if there's a thought that Kenny's but about he's to been on there every week anyway. I know, right? but if there's some thought that Kenny's about to not be like that, that that the time sure. is coming up. This protects Kenny being on Impact for a little bit longer. Um, but no, yeah, it helps Impact for sure. So. Uh, well, I mean, but well, what would help impact the most is their champion coming over to dynamite. Like the fact that like if their people were on dynamite, that's the only thing that helps impact like AEW people. I mean, we're seeing in the numbers is not helping impact AEW people being on impact is not helping impact. I mean, it, it, it helped them a little bit, but no, not not significant. No, I mean, it's not getting them up to 800,000. Right. But. Correct. It's not doing that. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree that I think that's what's going to happen. To your point, Brandon, no, it would be, you know, there would be a fucking, you want to get conversation going. Sure, you have John Moxley show up, screw over Kenny Omega, Rich Swan wins both belts and holds them for, you know, three weeks until there's a AEW championship match, I guess, the week after blood, blood and guts, right? Like, that you do it the following week. And there's a lot of conversation, and Kenny wins the belt back then. But I mean, either that or they could retcon and say like they were gonna only have one match on Blood and Guts, but really there's two matches. Right so now it's, it's both the that rematch and the so, championship match. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I yeah, that would get a lot of people talking. It would it would cause a stir. But I just I don't believe for a second that a man that's never been on AEW TV is going to be the AW champion and frankly there's that that would be a bigger problem and i would suggest that's a bigger problem in how they've built this up is that at some point rich swan needed to be on dynamite like they 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 did need to leave that threat there that that could occur and that's part of the problem with rich swan literally having never been on dynamite it's too ridiculous to consider the possibility of him winning that belt and honestly, if this is just a he wins because of Moxley and then loses in a one-on-one match, I don't know if that does him or impact. I don't any think favors. they give a shit about what it does for him. I don't think they're at, uh, remotely concerned about what it does for him. I think they're. Well, I'm just saying. Fine, th- but I'm saying as a viewer, like. No, I think I, I think it's yeah. it's that think that no, I completely disagree. I think something that no one expects happening matters, good or bad. I think that matters. I think for the next week. It's okay, five. We're saying holy. good or bad matters. Because yes. there's not one person that believes Rich Swan is winning this match. Not at all. That's, Nobody that's thinks that Rich Swan is walking out. Do it. Right. That's why they should do it. But they can't. But you, you have you can't. He can't just win either. Like you have to protect Kenny in the process. Correct. Correct. Because Kenny's going to matter coming. Uh, out they of should this. totally do it. Leon uh, Ruff's going to beat Karrion Cross because that was something no one will see coming. <laughs> that's not the same. But thing, they're not the having way. that match, Dick. They're having this match. And Leon Ruff isn't the champion of a of another I show. Know, it, listen, if, I will tell you this, and I might be an audience one. If Rich Swan wins the AEW championship, I will watch Impact on Tuesday. A hundred percent. 
I mean, I don't, I'm not going to, I've never, yeah, and it. I'm not going to lie to you. I will not, but you know, I get it. <laughs> like I get it. And it would be, it would rank among the greatest Baltimore sports championships of all time. <laughs> but I know why you're really watching rebellion, Glenn. Uh, because Finn juice is going to kick the Finn juice and the good brothers, by the way, is yes. just, I mean, just give me a goddamn jizz rag and let me sit back in my room by myself and never be in. Inter- I mean, Finn juice versus the good brothers is just, Thank you for allowing me to live in this time. Like, thank you that this Speaking is a thing of the that Good exists. Brothers. What? Don't we have uh, something to talk about with the Good Brothers? Oh, you mean the event the, coming the up weekend? with Jimmy's? Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, announced the uh, Jimmy's cool. weekend. Very cool. They're doing a bunch of different events at Jimmy's. Um, what, what, what's he called? A podcast mania? Podcast Palooza. Podcast Palooza. Um, and it's awesome. I, you know, I, 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 I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? I just forget that I've known about this for 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 months and so i'm like all right they did announce that um but yeah uh three three straight nights of events at jimmy's for wrestling fans and again it's just as as we wait on live wrestling coming back to the area it's cool that we're getting more you know events as uh, we talked about with celeb fest last week and other things that are going on for wrestling fans to uh to hang out and spend their time so yeah, it's a cool thing that uh that they're doing at jimmy's and i would encourage you to check that out and support it as well all right, um, plugs. Aaron, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Check out VEASAN, VEASAN.com. Um, gambling being legislated everywhere. Maryland, boy, it's getting closer and closer. Uh, so you check that out. Uh, also listen on iHeartMedia. Uh, All right, Brandon. Nothing new yet to plug, but lots of uh, lots, lots of shows confirming at Ramshead Live. So stay tuned uh, when we can announce those like uh, in the coming weeks. Like that. Do you have anything else to plug? Ramsheadlive.com. Um, I don't think so. You can try like the Oreo donut at Krispy Kreme or anything like that. Oh shit! Is that a thing? Oh, I'll have to a, try that. It's quite the thing that everybody's been raving about. I. <laughs> I'm not living in that world anymore, but it's, it's something that would be right up my alley if that were the case. All right. Um, of course, at Brandon Linton, at the AOster on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. And, of course, at AJ Francis 410 and WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, Episode 2, Sunday night, 10 o'clock on A&E. For Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Mm, Jobbing out. We're Shane McMahon men. Fuck Team Taz. <laughs>